Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall Show, episode 13. Unlucky for some, uh, but not for us, because, hey, we're here and we get to talk rugby for an hour, two, three, depending on how long we feel like going for, I guess. Um, it's all fun and games, and we have seen some cracking rugby at the weekend. Um, yes, there was all that super rugby stuff, but we talked about that last night. But no, I, as far as cracking rugby goes, I'm talking about the club rugby. Um, and uh, so we'll be having a talk about that. We had the uh, finals in Northland and in Waikato, um, and both cracking games right down to the wire, or in one case, beyond the wire um, as well. But um, on top of that, we've also got to have a chat around about the finances of the different Super Rugby franchises um, and what Super Rugby needs to look like rather than might look like going forwards. Um, also, Razor Robinson um, has is uh, asking to go and coach overseas. Uh, he's, he's applied for a job. So we'll have a chat about that and what we think about that um, as well. Um, and any other topics that um, that uh, Stephen Harris can come up with, because he's uh, the only guy with me. How are you doing, sir? <laughs> I'm very good. Thank you, Paul, once again. Privilege and a uh, pleasure to be on the uh, Driving Mall Show. Um, yeah, always, uh, like I say, good to talk our national game, and especially when it comes to uh, grassroots stuff, Paul. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know what? Always um, get yourself a drink, put it in a nice big glass that looks like water with a piece of lemon, but actually it's gin and tonic. Great way to start the day. Um, or you can do what uh, what Stephen's doing and hide it in a in, a, in a, an earthen mug. Oh, cool. Okay, yep, that, that that's that's the um, that's my uh, local club up north, the Okaiho uh, Rugby Football Club, and that's the centenary mug. They were formed in uh, 1928, and uh, this is a uh, centenary mug they bought out in about 1980. So there's not too many around there. A little bit like treasure. These, uh, these particular mugs, so I'm fortunate enough to have uh, have one of them. So, uh, yes, cheers to Okaiho, even though you weren't in the uh, the Bay of Islands final on the weekend, and I'll touch on that, Paul. Um, now, it's Northland's um, centenary this year, isn't it? Yes, it was, but it's been it's been um, 
put back to uh, to next year. So, uh, and, and probably rightfully so, given uh, what we uh, these ex- super extraordinary times that we uh, live in at the moment, unprecedented. That's the word um, that we live in, Paul. And I love a dollar for every time I heard that word. Um, yeah, just push back to two thousand and twenty-one. A little bit like a few things, Olympics. To name, uh, you can't push things. back your centenary. The centenary is this year. You can push back your celebrations, but you can't oh, push yeah. back time, folks. Okay, yeah. time, time, time keeps on going. Time doesn't. Time stops for no man. Um, as better, they say. So, better, so yes, better late than never. Better late than never, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, Cam, if you're watching, which we know you do watch in Northland, um, we need some um, centenary mugs uh for uh that uh, nice earthenware ones that we can put in the fridge get nice and cold to put our beer in um and have a drink so um so yes cam we're looking 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 forward to uh to our centenary uh northland rugby mugs um definitely because you know what you gave um you gave Stephen a, a hoodie at the weekend i got nothing I, it's just oh I'm, I'm feeling left out he wasn't there <laughs> sorry paul <laughs> Hey, maybe next time you make make it up to. Hopefully, you'll make it up do a couple of road trips up to uh, Whangarei with me. But I've got to say, people, it was a very surreal experience driving back from Waipu. Now, I did get a uh, an exemption to uh, to head over the uh, over the bomb uh, the Bombays over the Brendewins the weekend. The Bombays are the other way. Get it right, mate. Um, but it was a very surreal experience driving home with very little traffic on the road. Um, very, very weird. Uh, the only thing that was missing was the alien spaceship that's that hovers over in the middle of the road, and it's a case of beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I think uh, I think uh, I think Oscar is looking for a freebie as well. Um, He's Indian. Good evening to everybody uh, who is joining us in the live chat. Look, we come to, come to you at 8 p.m. every Monday. Uh, and the Driving War Show is really talking about the rugby that's happening off the pitch on the whole, uh, but also looking at grassroots rugby um, as well. Uh, if you want to have a review of the top flight rugby from the weekend, then um, check out our review shows on a Sunday evening. Um, good to see people joining us, not only on our Facebook page, but also on our YouTube channel as well. Simon, Jordan, Nocturnal Rights, good to have you all there. And if you are on YouTube, don't forget, you can use the old super chat um, to... Um, and the old super stickers there, uh, and obviously those proceeds go to help supporting um, Driving More. Uh, sorry, not Driving More. Um, New Zealand Sport Radio. God, Driving More so last year. Dear me. It's, pra- it's practically retro. Um, so let's start off with that game. Actually, no, we're, not, we're going to hold off on that game um, up north because um, hopefully we're going to get the winning head coach to, uh, to join us at some point during the show, um, and so we'll discuss it then. Um, I'm just going to have a quick run through of the Waikato Breweries Shield final um, that happened down here uh, in oh, just outside of Hamilton in Cambridge, where Hautapu took on um, Otrahonga. Um, and uh, look, Hautapu had a, a 13-7 lead, and on half time, um, their um, Dutch international um, Josh Gascoigne went through and scored under the post to make it 27. Now, Hautapu, uh, the reigning champions and the defending champions, um, also had been the standout team during the uh, regular season. So um, so you've got to say, uh, look, things were looking ominous at that point. Uh, if we go back to last year, Otrahonga uh, had a couple of, uh, well, a few players from overseas. They've got a sawmill down there, which is where 
uh, which um, gives jobs to uh, some of the rugby players who come over uh, and um, on a sort of uh, one-year working visas, etc., uh, to, to 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 work there. Uh, and obviously, but with these lockdown times, not so many um, players able to travel. How Tapu, I do know, have a couple of players who have been here for a couple of years. So you've got um, Josh Gascoigne, um, for example. We also had Hamilton Burr. Um, I'm not sure if he was playing in this game, but I know he's been. He stayed over here uh, during um, and was uh, was available for for the season as well. So they've had a couple of their foreign players stick around. Uh, Hamilton Burr from Scotland. There, but um, Ochohanga came out firing out of the half out of half time. Scored a tr got a penalty try um, with a uh, with a head height well with, with a high tackle um, that had the player going off for a yellow card as well. They then managed to score two more tries during that while, while there were one player up um, to go 28-20 ahead. So to come back from seven from 13 points down to lead by 18 point by, by eight points, big turnaround there. Um, Ochonga though, uh, look, uh, sorry, I mean How Tapu though, look, they are a class side. They're um, very good side. I mean, obviously, uh, the home of um, oh, I've gone blank. The guy who's just uh, the the um, flanker who's in All Black contention. It's his home from from Waikato. Oh, Jacobson, Jacobson, yeah. So home of the Jacobson brothers, um, who uh, who both play there, and they came back um, to to lead. Um, th to 37 um, uh, to um, to 28. Uh, a late um, try by Ochonga pulled it back to be 37-33. They had the ball in the in the uh, in the Hautapu 22. They decided to do a little grubber through because there was no one back there. Uh, and in the ensuing charge of the ball, it got knocked dead. Um, and uh, Ochonga came up just short. So congratulations to Hautapu who go as back-to-back -back champions down here in Waikato. Um, if uh, you have stories from of, of, uh, of club rugby from your areas or grassroots rugby from your areas of the country, then please do let us have them. Thank you, um, Bevin Jenkinson, um, who sent us that in. Uh, he, does the, he does the live commentary on their live, he does the commentary on their live stream um, from there. So um, thank you um, so much for, um, uh, for that. Um, the uh for, for, for that update from him and i say if you have your updates from elsewhere around the country then please do let us know so moving on then um and uh the looking at the um uh the the, the finances of the five rugby franchises apparently without super rugby Atara, um the crusaders were looking at um, basically staring insolvency um, and uh, were looking like having to shut down um, because um, of the uh, of Super Rugby um, they managed to yeah not have a seven-figure um, loss um, this year. Um, the uh, and, um, and and they're actually going to have a small. I think they're still going to have a small loss, um, but uh, they'll be very close um, to. Uh, being in, uh, they're looking to be a small profit next year. So, Crusaders going to have um, a little bit under. Um, but breaking news, Stephen, we have to we have to stop all of the show at this point and say thank you, Mr. Jordan Clark, um, for your small for your for your small donation um, to us using the old super chat there on YouTube. Um, 
the uh, if there's a topic you would like us to talk about, then let us know and we will talk about it. Because hey, uh, if you're gonna if uh, you, you you put your money uh, and we'll put our we'll 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 put our mouth where your money is. Um, if you uh, that, that can be our new strategy. We'll just invite guests to donate money and we'll talk whatever they want to talk about. We'll talk about. I like that strategy, Paul. Absolutely. Um, so um, that um, is the, uh, the the Crusaders, the Chiefs. Um, they said that um, uh, that uh, they are now just keeping our heads above water. Um, exactly what that means, um, I'm not entirely sure. Um, but um, he says they reckon they got uh, uh, that their best case scenario had been they were going to make a six to seven hundred thousand dollar loss, um, but it looks like they might just be back in the black um, from, um, from from all of this. Um, Simon Hughes does say that uh, yeah, some fans in New Zealand would be happy if the Crusaders, uh, if they went broke. Oh, a tad harsh there. Deary me um, on, uh, on, on that one. Um, so the Chiefs are looking at being slightly in the black. Um, hurricanes, um, again, they were looking um, at having a $1 million plus deficit um, and, um, and, and major job losses, uh, been averaging crowds of 19,000 down there. Um, and um, it looks like they are trying to see whether they're going to actually make it. But the, the, again, uh, it's helped close their gap significantly. Um, the I will get to the Blues in a second, Aaron. Um, the Highlanders, though, um, look, they said they were never never going to have insolvency. They're one of the slimmest um, teams um, around. Um, and they are actually, uh, so they weren't actually in, in, in danger of insolvency. Um, and they're actually going to come up uh, and, and be in the black after this. They had the second best average crowds, 19,800 um, before, were, were averaging before that last game closed. If they got that last game as well, they would have had a cracker. Um, there, Stephen, um, the uh, for, for, for the hurricane for the Highlanders. And does it surprise you that the Highlanders are averaging better crowds than the Chiefs, Hurricanes, and Crusaders? Yeah, it, it does. Obviously, uh, they do a lot of work on their on their social network. If you check out the Highlanders social network, they do some pretty extraordinary stuff in behind the scenes. And I think I think their supporters down there could actually see an improvement with that team. Not to mention. You've um, have you still got students down there at the minute? Yeah, I think we had, they had we students could, yeah. down there. Yeah, during during those uh, respective uh, uh, levels. And um, to be honest, it's it's a great experience there. And you know, the Highlanders were playing it. I think they were encouraged by some of their performances uh, in the uh, earlier round because let's face it, they were a heck of a lot better in Altia, Super Rugby Aotearoa than they were earlier in the season, Paul. So. Uh, yeah, kind of, kind of yes and no, if if you know what I mean. But I think people go there for the experience. I've I've heard people say, even when it's only half full, down at the uh, at Foresight Bar, it's quite the experience. Yeah, uh, and I was one of the places I would like to go is to go to the zoo. I'm, I'm slightly disappointed that now that the zoo doesn't wear uh, animal onesies anymore because I was really looking forward to buying an animal onesie and going and standing watching a game in the zoo. But there you go. Um, so um, the um, actually uh, yeah rabbit hole um, the uh, of of all the places Stephen in New Zealand to go watch rugby be that Mice Cup level or Super Rugby level which one experience would um, 
would you like to uh, to go and have, or or what's the best experience you've had? Um, because I've been to, I, I I've been down and worn a green bucket. I bought myself a bucket especially to go and watch a man with two turbos game. I could actually I might, might go get my bucket in a second and put it on my head. Um, but um, I, I love the whole pageantry around the bucket heads. What's your favourite uh, place um, for for kind of the best atmosphere or the best sort of uh, kind of that 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 side of things in, in New Zealand rugby? Oh, listen! If you're if you're thick skinned, and uh, I've I've watched I've been to Christchurch and watched a Super Rugby game when the Blues are playing, and you've um, you've got to laugh at the end of the day because if you're wearing your colours, you do cop it big time. <laughs> like I say, it's 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 no point going down there and saying to yourself, "Oh God, they were horrible to me." Um, it's it's certainly an experience. It's 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 probably one of my great experiences would be to beat the Crusaders down in Christchurch, but I haven't got to experience that. But in terms of out-and-out experiences, those early years of uh, Super Rugby when the Blues were humming were fantastic. And, of course, um, when the Blues took out the final, was that in 2003, 2004, against the the Crusaders, that was a great night as well. On the odd occasion, I've been to to a, a Super Rugby game where I've thought, wow, this is this this is a great game. I one that sort of sticks in my head was at Eden Park, and it was the Stormers that played the Blues. And unfortunately, the Blues got well beaten that night, and was a very good Blues side. But just some of the tries that the Stormers scored were just downright amazing. But in terms of a place that I'd love to go, yeah, Foresight Bar. That definitely sounds like it. It would go off, <clears throat> and uh, with the closed-in roof, yeah, the atmosphere I reckon would be amazing. Yeah, nocturnal rights is saying I'm too old for the zoo. No rubbish. I tell you, look, when I put my hat on, it hides my grey hair, uh, and I can pretend to be young too. Um, it's uh, absolutely fine. The other places, I mean, other great guys who um, characters. You've obviously got Possum uh, here in um, in uh, here in Hamilton for Waikato, and also um, for the Chiefs. Unfortunately, he's not allowed his chainsaw anymore. I think that, that that's a real shame. Um, but uh, but we can understand why. Uh, if you head down to um, uh, to to, to Terran, and, and I think I've, I'm trying to remember whether I actually interviewed Possum or not, but um, I think he'll be a good, good guy to do a quick interview with. Uh, fun one. Um, there's uh, there's a guy known as the Flagman um, down in uh, New Plymouth um, for Taranaki, who has a big flag down there. Um, I thought about interviewing him once, but as every second or third word that he says is a swear word, I thought that's not really going to match the channel uh, philosophy so well. Um, and which is why you'll also see no videos of the bucket um, bucket heads, because again, lots of swearing, um, but great atmosphere, I must say. So, if there are any other people like that around the country, um, let us know who they are uh, that, you've, that that that, um, that, we, that we have out there, um, because yeah, I, 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 I love all those little stories and those um, those kind of things. Paul, I was going to say, isn't there a guy that sits up in a cherry picker with a chainsaw? Is that? Is that the yeah, guy probably. down in the yeah, at, yeah at the, that's at the Waikato games? Is yeah, that, but he's not allowed anymore. Health and safety got in the way. <laughs> well, did, was that a real chainsaw that he had? Um, the um, or, or yes, just, it was a real, was it a real chainsaw with the chain taken off. I think the chain taken the, um, off. Yeah, um, so that um, so that he didn't. Now you're going to have to talk for a bit while I send the uh, link again to our to, to our guest. So so um, find something to talk about that's to do with um, to yeah. do with rugby. 
Oh, fantastic. Well, I'm glad you've left me with that, uh, Paul, because I have to come up with these sort of uh, experiences that people uh, talk about around the country. Now, tell me if you have got some really good experience just for our viewers on tonight. Just tell us what your best ex rugby experience has been. Like my own personal rugby experience was a, a, a provincial game when Auckland played uh, Northland, and that was back in about oh, 2002, 2003, and Northland came back from the the dead, and uh, it was a Rupini Thauthau try in the corner with his uh, teammate, Ferro Lesavi uh, Bar, putting a, a kick to the corner. We were all shaking, his, shaking our heads going, what are you kicking it for? The next minute, this uh, guy by the name of Rupini runs past. Uh, Doug held it like he's actually stuck in concrete. So, you know, for me as a Northern supporter, wonderful experience. I've, I've also been part of some uh, great uh, test matches as well at uh, Eden Park. And uh, there's been a lot of them over, well, if you've been to Eden Park in recent times, the All Blacks haven't been beaten since uh, 1984. So just tell us some of uh, your experiences that you've had at any uh, major games as well. In terms of stadiums, one of the uh, better stadiums I've, I've actually been to is uh, Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane. Now, what I loved about it, they had a, a they've got a concourse that you can, Pretty much walk around the walk around the ground, and they've got all sorts of food outlets. The toilets aren't jammed up, and it's just a fantastic viewing platform to uh, to watch rugby. It, it really is, and that's the old blanker. Brilliant. Um, yeah, yeah. Ringing endorsement um, for a uh, um, for a stadium. The toilets aren't jammed up. I love that. That's brilliant. Brilliant. Yes, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. A absolutely. I mean, so I think you, you go to Eden Park sometimes and the queues are just absolutely unbelievable. I mean, to say it's an entertainment business that we've got and you you want to move, move people through relatively quickly. Go and sit anywhere in the uh, – uh, I see Simon Hughes has come up. Have you ever met Hori Bob down in, in the Bay of Plenty? Yeah, he's a, a diehard fan. I've seen him in the coldest conditions – wearing just a Bay of Plenty jersey. And I think he's got a big uh, tire ha that he carries around. That's like a spear, a, 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 a spear pull. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> crazy. Okay, so we're not talking crazy. about the um, – so we're not, we're, not, we're not talking about the mascot there. We're actually talking about a real a real fan. Yep, the, talking um, about a real, a real fan. Oh, it, could be, it could be a mascot too. As, as well, yep. The um, yeah, not so right. Toilets very important. Keswick had open <laughs> open air toilets. Oh my word! <laughs> oh dear, horrible. Paul, I used to hear some very some re very real horror stories about uh, Athletic Park, the old uh, Millard Stand. Um, that was thank God they knocked that stadium down. There was a lot of complaints about it. I think now when was that knocked down? I think maybe in in the nineties. I can recall going to a double header to watch a uh, a league match on sorry a rugby match on the Saturday and a league match on the Sunday and the All Blacks lost and the Kiwis lost and it was a wet horrible weekend. But if you had to trudge down to the toilet, there were no there were no, no toilets in the actual Millard stand and you were basically a mile high in the air with the, with a southerly coming in from uh, the uh, South Island and the toilets consisted of a long walk downstairs and uh, there were uh, porticoms porticoms there and uh, pretty much if all those porticoms were full guess what well we won't go there because this is a, a bit of a family show the driving wall <laughs> well I'm, I'm going to tell some stories about hong kong sevens while you um uh, can uh, can quickly phone up our our guest to make sure he's got um, got all the information he needs 
Um, but um, yes, so um, the Hong Kong Sevens, folks, then that's my favorite um, uh, rugby experience of um, uh, bar none. I've uh, been there several times um, and it has improved over the years uh, from a family perspective. Uh, the folks on the um, uh, joining us on uh, the uh, Twitter as well. Great to have you on as well, folks. Um, hi there. Um, but uh, yeah, so the, the, the place to be in, uh, in in Hong Kong Stadium, if you do go there for the sevens, is the West Stand. OK, folks, that's the party stand. Everybody there on a Saturday and Sunday is definitely um, in their fancy dress, um, and it tends to have yeah, tends to good good to have two different scenes. Um, uh, so Friday nights, by the way, is is rugby jersey evening, um, so that's where one wears their local, where, where wears, their, wears their, their jersey, but on the, they get dressed up for those two nights. Now they've cleaned it up because the back of the stand, this is a concrete stand, folks, um, it used to basically be the toilet. So so um, people just stand up at the back of the back of the stand uh, and urinate, and they basically then flow down the steps and flow down the seats all the way down. They've stopped that now. They actually have stewards at the back there to stop that. It is now also over 18s only. What you, when the, my first year there, um, we uh, basically had all the teenagers, all the, the, the 16, 17 year olds downstairs, basically snogging uh, and ignoring the rugby whilst all the uh, um, um, adults were partying upstairs um, and watching the rugby. So that, that's all stopped now because, as I say, it's over 18s only um, in that stand. They've also got rid of jugs because, uh, and they now have plastic cups because in the old days, all the jugs used to get thrown around, um, which uh, which caused a bit of a mess um, as well. So um, would encourage you definitely go to the Hong Kong Sevens, sit in the West Stand. And if you do, um, if your if your outfit has a hard hat, that's a really good um, a, a really good ploy. Something like a safari hat, um, a safari helmet um, works well, um, as does a builder's helmet, because again, you'll end up with various. Um, uh, bits of pints of of, of beer, etc., being thrown around, uh, having something so that it bounces off your head quite nicely without hurting um, is also a, uh, a, a, a very good move um, and, and a good tactic. So um, builders, uniforms, safari helmets, anything army related with a helmet, uh, a good move for your Saturday in particular. Sunday, a bit more calm as basically everyone's so hungover uh, that they can't, that um, basically it's just survival. Um, by Sunday after two extremely late nights on Friday and Saturday night. But those, yes, Hong Kong Sevens weekends, absolutely brilliant. I've got, a, I've, um, got a, I've got I've got to add to that, Paul. Um, if you're at the Hong Kong Sevens, you'll see a lot of people wearing t-shirts that say who that say who ate all the pies. And um, yeah. I must admit, my first experience up there, I was thinking, what is this all about? There are all these um, probably ex English nationals all walking around. With uh, these sushets on, who ate all the pies? Well, we eventually found the guy who ate all the pies, <laughs> and uh, he literally had eaten all the pies. <laughs> um, I don't know. Did you did you did, did you see that chap, Paul? He's uh, a rather yeah rotund. Large, large, yeah, rotund. That's the word I was looking for, gentlemen. A bit like the gentleman who dressed himself as an avocado at the Australian at the uh, Sydney Sevens. I don't know if you've seen that. We have the green avocado bit, and his belly sticks out where the uh, where, where the stone would be. Um, that's a nice one, um, Aaron. Yeah, great point. When you can take your coach to Caresbrook, that couch. Sorry, not coach. Oh dear me! <laughs> I love this idea of carrying a couch and sitting down, um, and also to the cricket as well. Um, I believe so. That sounds like a great um, uh, a, a great one um, to do. Um, 
so the Blues, look, the Blues thought that everything was going to be fantastic until obviously um, they, uh, the, the last game was um, shut down. I know Aaron is asking whether the government will bail out um, the, uh, the Blues because of that. But look, the government has already bailed out rugby um, to several million dollars. So, yes, um, I think they've already done that. Um, but um, so, yes, that last one um, obviously has has hurt the Blues uh, um, a bit. Um, but so look, the sellouts and the two big crowds before that really did help. The one thing, though, that comes through all of this is all is, is what is when they're talking about next year and going onwards. And the, the constant thing that comes through this from the CEOs is we need seven games, seven home games a year to make um, to make a profit. Uh, and that four home games, uh, which is what they get with Super Rugby Atara, just is not enough um, to do that. They can probably just about break even on six home games, but they need seven. So um, I guess, Stephen, do you, is, is, is seven home games enough for the fans, do you think? Um, yeah, I don't Listen, I thought it was about right this year, if, if you ask me. I, I, I personally think... Some of these franchises have got to take a little bit of a lead from someone, someone like the uh, Bay of Plenty Steamers. I, listen, I've, I've heard from a very good source that um, they have uh, basically in, invested in, in, an, in an apartment block, and it's starting to uh, return some dividends at the minute for that particular unit, union, the Steamers. And, and we also know that they're uh, working with uh, Andrew Forrest or Twiggy Forrest at the moment to maybe have their own super rugby side as well. And I and I believe if anything we've learned from super rugby this year, less is more. Stretch it out even more, and then people, people will get picky about what games they're going to go. And I think that's the issue that uh, a lot of uh, supporters or rugby supporters had if you uh, Cameron Pike reckons remove the booze restrictions at home games. Uh, oh, Cam, 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 Cam. If, if you do that, Cam, that's fine. But there needs to be a section where that happens in, and a, and a section for people other, other that don't want to be hassled by that. So I reckon do that for the West Stand. The East Stand is for people who don't want to be don't, who don't want to be in that uh, who don't want to be messy um, because West Stand's where I go and sit. So hence, I I, I like the idea of no booze restrictions. In, in the West Stand, and they had the, the East Stand for those people who want to um, not have beer poured all over them. Yeah, it just mean it, it. It just means that shorter season. It it just means that these franchises may have to trim their costs. Maybe maybe shorten up the amount of staff that they've got on on board, and maybe use contractors, Paul. The yeah, maybe so, maybe so. I, so, but what what I like the idea of is is that you say this year worked well. Um, so actually, uh, the I quite like the Australian idea of this Super Eights business, of where we have the um, we have this uh, the Super Rugby which happens over um, eight weeks. Now we know we've got a window of eighteen weeks because that's what Super Rugby used to take up six. Um, sorry, eighteen weeks. Is that right? Yeah, eighteen weeks um, plus playoffs. So actually, we've got a window of that long at least. So why not have? Um, so I'm happy having that that eight weeks first up. Oh, sorry, 10 weeks first up for that for Super Rugby Outer Row to happen. Um, and then go into some sort of final series, finals um, games where you have the champions, or you can say top two, or, or the top two, top middle two, bottom one, whatever, um, from, uh, from, uh, from uh, gone blank, um, New Zealand, Australia, uh, Japan, uh, and maybe South Africa, but I, I, I'll keep it within time zone. 
um, and then have two or three games um, within that. We have a champion, have a, have a cup section, have a bowl section, have a plate section, uh, and that way you can then sort of you 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 get your own title, you know, the best of New Zealand, and then you get your sort of your your, your world title, well not really world title, but your your, your kind of Asia Pacific title um, afterwards. Maybe include Major League Rugby in that as well, um, in some sort of way, and that way I think you keep them as separate competitions that are kind of joined. Uh, and, and continuous. Paul, the, but the other thing I was thinking about, <clears throat> we could also have maybe a semi-final and a final, and basically the takings gets some. The takings actually get shared shared around the franchise, even though uh, obviously top qualify, you you'd want them to have the home game. That's that's also an idea as well. It'll extend the season by another two weeks. Yep, I mean that's another it's, it's, it's another way of doing it. Um, but the question, I guess, is uh, if you think that, um, yeah, whether that, whether that's enough money to share around um, or not. Um, but um, yeah, I say they are saying that they or they they do reckon that they need, uh, or they are saying that they need um, that they need seven to six games really to be a commercially viable. Um, and uh, talk about being a viable show because uh, I think we're perhaps um, about to uh, end up. Um, with the two of us uh, both sort of running out of gas. But you know what? We've got, uh, we brought a man on from the bench who is going to bring some extra energy to the show and keep us going. Um, how are you doing, Marley? G'day, guys. How are you? I'm going well. Not bad. Um, I think we might need to just uh, get the um, the microphone a little bit closer to your mouth. I think a bit, a bit quiet. Um, but um, so just uh, bring that little cable across closer. There we go. Better. There we go. Brilliant. Um, so first up, congratulations, sir, on the win at the weekend. Um, how is the head? How how hungover are you? Um, no, I'm feeling good now. It was a it was it was a good it was a good night. The um the local the local bar down there um, put on a put on a pretty good night for the boys. And um, once the adrenaline wore off, though, uh, I was I was out. So I went to bed pretty early. But I know a few of the other boys kept going a little bit longer. Because um, you you kissed it up for the week for the for the game, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I, yeah, unfortunately, the the with the lockdown uh, laws, we weren't able to get our, our boys based in Auckland up. Um, so we had five boys missing there, and um, that sort of left our bench a bit a bit low. And so we had uh, four guys on the bench, um, myself being one of them. Um, and yeah, we only we only put. Two, two of the four on, um, myself and uh, another one of the boys stayed off. We, we thought it's a bit of a young man's game. We um, better let them better let them go. Playing another 20 minutes after playing 80 would have probably given us a heart attack. You didn't even get on the pitch? No. no, no. Uh, as, much as, I, as much as my head wants me to go, I think the, uh, the body was not, couldn't, wouldn't be able to do it. Oh, you, you, you should have got on for like the last uh, last sixty seconds just to just to earn the medal. Um, well, it's, it's, probably really, it's probably really lucky I didn't sub myself on before the eighty, because then I would have had to play the extra time. <laughs> that would have <laughs> that would have really broken me. Uh, Stephen, you were there. Um, uh, uh, what what what's, uh, th- thoughts on the day? Oh, listen, great day. Thoroughly enjoyed it. It's the second time this year I've been at a a final and it's gone into extra time. Of course, I was at the uh, Auckland Premier Women's final a few weeks back and that went into extra time and that was a a pretty amazing game. And uh, 
whilst whilst at times I think both of these teams they they started nervously, you know, it almost looked like they were in a in a hurry to a hurry to win the game, and it was uh, just just a few handling errors here and there. But you could you just got the the impression watching the game if Waipu played to their strength and the area where they were strong was at at, at scrum time and I'm sure Marley will agree with me at, at set piece scrum time especially they definitely had the wood on mid northern. Yeah it was that was we knew going into the game that's where we'd be able to get them where our our front row did a very, very good job and we knew that they probably had the wood on them. Um so yeah that was one area. It, it did it did feel like it was a, a race to see who could lose the game. <laughs> there was both teams sort of we were making some some errors and, and they were making a lot of errors as well. And so, yeah, I think if, if at, at parts there were some really good rugby played, and then at parts it was uh, it was pretty pretty difficult watching. Yeah, interesting. Just to just to re- recap for anybody who's uh, watching or, or listening, the uh, halftime score was eight five to the uh, to the visitors. Visitors now it was the home side that opened the the scoring. Uh, Pasile Lua finished off a very good try in the corner with a nice dive, which is uh, something that all the wingers seem to be doing these days. The overhead dive with a one handed uh, put down, but he just got it inside the line, did really well. And then of course, Mid Northern came back with a really good try themselves. Kr Lee Leunui. Scored a brilliant try on the left hand side, and he looked really—he looked quite dangerous, didn't he, on that uh, left wing, Marley? He did, yeah. We sort of, when I was uh, reviewing the performances through the year, he sort of slipped through the gap. So after about yeah. twenty minutes, we thought, oh, that that kid's pretty sharp. Um, sort of need to throw some numbers at him, and he, yeah, he sort of got around, got around the outside, and then he was a pretty powerful runner, and and sort of brushed off a few tackles and got over the line. So. Um, yeah, good on him. It was definitely someone that we we weren't really aware of, and he fronted for the final. So it was yeah, good and they and they and they were and and they were very creative in the midfield too. With the, obviously Johnny Cooper at, at first time showing his class, but also Horsham and Kalani going. There's a, a famous name, but they were just creating enough on the outside to get the ball wide as well, Marley. Yeah, they were. We we sort of we knew that they would be strong in there, so we um. We were throwing our defence, um, trying to get them up quick off the line and then and push them wide. Um, so we thought that we'd, they'd be a little bit weaker on the edge. Um, but yeah, after the first 20 minutes, we started to realise that they were pretty strong out wide. So we had to adjust our defence a little bit. Um, well, the boys did that well. Pardon? I was going uh, to say, on saying that, you had a midfielder yourself and Philip Monaco, who, boy, takes a bit of stopping... Stopping as well. Not only is he is he a big midfielder, but he's got a bit of pace to go as well. What what does Philip need to do to go to the next level? I think he just needs to be given the opportunity. The the uh, look a lot of these boys they they are they will be able to play at that level if they're given the opportunity. And, and sort of they they don't they don't realise how how well they're playing until they're they're given the chance to play and and get tested at that level. Um, I think for me, if if he gets a chance to run out in minor ten, he'll uh, he won't let anyone down, and mm. he'll just get more confident with the um, after one or two games and just knowing that he can compete at that level. Um, probably at this stage this year, he'd probably be better used off the bench uh, in order to get some confidence at, at minor level. Um, but I think with a a year and a, and a successful program and a, and a year 
of uh, nutrition and full-time training, all that kind of stuff, he, he'd be a very, very dangerous midfielder um, and could go past my ten. Quite, he's very capable. And and of course your uh, your fullback Pissy uh, Leilua, um, every time he the ball seemed to go near him, he always looked dangerous. Finished his try really well. I understand he's actually signed with uh, Northland for next year. He's been carrying carrying a couple of injuries, but boy, for a guy who has been kept carrying a couple of injuries, he looked really really dangerous. Yeah, he he was outstanding. Um, I thought he was one of our best on Saturday. Uh, he's he's a big game player and. Um, yeah, coming back from the injury, he, he's the type of bloke that puts in the work leading up to the game. So you, you sort of know what you're going to get from him because he's he's done the work all week. He prepares well. He's very professional um, with his diet and his training and just his habits. And um, yeah, I'd, I'd be very surprised if he doesn't get a run when Mite, with Mita this year. Um, I'm, I obviously I haven't seen what's going on further up north, but in, in terms of our competition. Uh, for me, he's been one of the standout players, uh, mm. yeah, easily. And um, of course, uh, <clears throat> Johnny Cooper kicks a penalty eight five. You go into half time. Of course, the, the the boys come out. They looked like there, there was just seemed to be a little bit more urgency. They had the win behind them. The wise guy Fiani kicks a penalty. Simoni Ului Nakavadra scores a good try from the back of the scrum. And I'm just about to touch on uh, on your loose four trio. Wise guy kicks the conversion, and you're up 15-8. But I thought your loose loose forwards, especially in that second half, really came into their own. They put a, they were putting a lot of pressure, a lot of heat on that breakdown. Yeah, I sort of put it to them before the game. We knew with going in, into the game with with sort of 15 or 16 genuine Premier footy players and then we had myself and another two blokes who, you know, we, we, we were good back in our day, but it, it's probably past us. Um, we knew that we needed big performances from key blokes. Um, and I sort of put pressure on our, our loose trio to to be, that, to be that key, um, to be those key men on the field. And uh, they really delivered in the second half. The, the defence and coming up off the line um, put pressure on Mid-Northern the right throughout and I, I think they struggled to get a lot of uh, continuity in their, in their phase play uh, just with the boys being so disruptive um, Pop, Pop's our, our number six um, was outstanding uh, our seven Ricks was carrying an injury and he got injured quite early in the piece and just stayed on the field and went for another 90 minutes after being injured so he was outstanding um, and then getting getting Simone on at half time um, yeah, they just Grew another arm in a league for us. But yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, I thought with the wind at your back, uh, with the extra points that the wind normally brings, I thought at that point you guys had it sewn up. But um, but it, it wasn't to be, was it? That's uh, they, they, they came back at you even into the wind, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think most people would have thought you had it sewn up, um, with the wind at our back and uh, up, up, at, up by seven, uh, which probably just didn't execute uh, a few of the things that we needed to. In order to close the game out, um, probably tried, tried, tried a bit too hard um, to I don't know, to express ourselves or express themselves um, with their creativity. Uh, I think yeah, there's, there's a few lessons to be learnt from from that final in, in terms of just how to close the game out with the wind at your back and, and just playing territory and and just really, especially when we had the defence that we had. Uh, I think if if we had just parked them back in their 
30 and the 20. Uh, that I'd struggle to get out of that area and we should have we could have made it a lot easier on ourselves. So we, we try to share the love on this program as, as well and we got to give Mid Northern a lot of credit because obviously they fought back and probably on the, on the back of a few penalties and I thought one area even though you had them at <clears throat> scrum time I actually thought they started getting their set piece line out going really well using the Tom Baker the number eight as a line out option I thought their two young locks were very very good as well. I think Kingy and uh, I think that might have been Rob Rush, who is their other locks. But uh, their uh, their hooker Jordan Olson, gee, he's. Uh, I think I said, I think I've said I've written down somewhere that if a rugby team had fifteen Jordan Olsons, you'd have some some rugby players like the Energizer Bunny, isn't he? He just keeps going and going, going, and uh, it was just seemed like his drive just to keep his team in the game, Marley. Yeah, he he was outstanding. Um, it, it's it's easy having a line out when you've got someone that can be so accurate at set piece, uh, and I don't think he missed any of his throws. His throws were, were on point. So uh, as long as they got a good lift jump, they were going to win the line out. His, his, he was outstanding around the park. Um, yeah, you, you, you couldn't really ask too much more from your from your hooker and your captain. Um, he really fronted for them. Mm-hmm. And I okay. don't listen. We won't hold you up too much long. Obviously, we get we get to fifteen all, um, and uh, one more player I just want to touch on because he's been around Waipu for a long time, but Ben Mather I thought in that extra period, even when he moved into halfback, I just thought he's such a heady rugby player. He just does all the right things, and he's as calm as you come. And um, I thought he was outstanding for you in that, that second time. And he calmly steps up and kicks a 42-metre penalty and wins the game for you. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's pretty much been personified. The uh, He just does what everyone needs. Um, he just does what everyone needs him to do when he when we need it to be done. Um, there were a few carries throughout the, the game where you know, he's one of the smallest blokes on the field, but he just he's so brave with his carries and he just runs straight back into the fullback. He just does what, what the team needs. Um, and obviously, the, with five minutes to go or whatever it was, stepping up and kicking that penalty, um, that's exactly what we needed and what we needed from him. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was great to see him back on the park. Uh, the start of the year, it was, it was looking like he wasn't going to be playing. Um, so it took a bit of convincing. Uh, he, he jumped into the reserves team and he thought, oh, I'd just, I'd just play a few games for reserves this year. But it sort of became obvious that we needed him in the Premier squad and we needed him on on, on the field for us. Um, and which, yeah, you'd be hard to find a, a more calm head and, and someone that you didn't need more than a character like Ben in the final. Uh, so it was it was a relief. And I think the whole the whole crowd knew Everyone knew that when we got that penalty, there was no one else that we wanted to kick the ball than Ben. Now, St- Stephen's asking you some nice questions, so, so he, he has to be uh, allowed up north again. So hence, he, he has to be he has to do nice. But but I, 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 me as a, as a man from from south of Auckland who doesn't have to worry about uh, uh, those sort of things, I'm going to ask you some really the the, the the tough questions then. So you've just mentioned here that a hooker at club level can throw straight and actually throw properly. Why the beep can't super rugby players throw straight, hookers throw straight and throw to their man? I mean, we've got... I think it's the balls. The balls are different, so... The balls are too much. They get too much grip. Don't know why. 
<laughs> Deary me. I, so, yeah, when we got when you, when you see club players hitting them like that, and you look at some of the guys at Super Rugby level, you're like, guys, even international level, you're like, guys, come on, just hit your jumper, really. Um, so, as, yeah. as, as the armchair fan, yeah. uh, I, I, I do wonder. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, it's really easy uh, being the armchair critic. Very, very easy. <laughs> and then the other one is, look, um, we, your, your captain was fantastic, giving Steve a, um, a post-match interview, but he mentioned maybe not being there next year. Um, so uh, how many of you guys do you think you're going to get back next year? Um, is, there a, is, is there something or um, is, your, is your captain going to be, uh, unfortunately, uh, heading on to Pastures New or, or, or stepping up a level? I think we're sort of, we're all, um, we're all aware that we don't want to just develop players to play for Waipu. Uh, that's that's the goal of any coach of any club is to develop guys who, especially, have come from uh, different different environments, different upbringings, where they can really change their lives and their families' lives by playing professional rugby and, and playing at a high level. Um, so we, we're all under the understanding, you know, we, we will sort of get, um, Waipu gets sort of put in a, in a, in a bubble where they think we're just an Auckland based club or we, we buy players in or, or, or that. But at the, at the end of the day, we're just trying to develop men to be as good as they can be. And if that means that they come to our club as a stepping stone to playing professional rugby, well, that's just. It's just how it is, and and that's what I think people need to to be aware of is that we're we're only developing these men for them and their families. You know, like as, as great as it is for Waipu, um, the club to win the comp, um, these boys give up a lot to to play for Waipu to move away from their families. Some move to New Zealand, so they're living away from you know, the country they were born in, and so for them to give that up, um, I think it needs to be celebrated rather than. Look, look down upon because they, they not only lift the quality of rugby, which lifts the quality of, of rugby for everyone, um, they're just trying to better themselves as, as people. So I think that's what we need to celebrate. And and if that looks like um, they head overseas or uh, they head to a club where they might be given a different opportunity, then that's just that's just what it is. Um, you know, loyalty is loyalty to the club um, is something that we we talk about, but. At the end of the day, there's 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 a big there's a bigger bigger picture uh, with loyalty and and, and the, some of the boys this their opportunity to uh, progress their family and and progress themselves uh, and, and and make what they do worthwhile is through rugby. So if we can help them do that, then I'd love to be part of that journey. So success for you uh, when you kind of come when you look back on this year. It's it's more about progressing those guys uh, and, and letting them reach their full potential rather than necessarily the silverware that the club picks up. And it's more about sort of how everyone, uh, yeah, I say reaching their potential rather than necessarily all about winning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think for for a lot of coaches, it's you can't control if you if you're going to win. I mean, we we were lucky on Saturday. We got a penalty. We won by three points it could have very easily gone the other way. And that doesn't necessarily mean the season's unsuccessful. It's just a few calls can go your way. And, and so you don't you don't base your success on the final score. Yeah, it is great that we won, but we can't base our success off that. So 
from the start of the year and for anything to do with people development success comes from progressing individuals and, and so whether that was a 19 year old getting his first cap or a 25 year old getting a minor 10 contract success for everyone is different and, and so if we can just find success with each individual then the, the result should look after itself so it's just really putting the focus back on the on the process of of getting success and i think for having having some local boys in, in the team and that was success for me and then getting some boys into MITRE that weren't in MITRE before that's success for them so um yeah that's that's just what it's really about and, and the result's great and, and I, you know we, we're, we're in it to win it but uh success can is a little bit different and how i view it um because we need to focus on on getting these men uh to where they want to be yeah success success eyed in the the prism of what's in the last 48 hours and success in the eye, uh, kind of looking back at the whole season is a different thing. Exactly, yeah. So the last, yeah. the last forty-eight hours, you've, you've really enjoyed, and look, well done. Uh, and I'm glad you've enjoyed uh, your success because uh, that's, uh, yeah, that, that's 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 part of being a team and enjoying it together. Um, yeah. At the end as well, I can see Stephen itching to get in. Oh no, listen, I'd, I'd have to agree with what Marley said. Sometimes there's a lot of criticism by a, a lot of people, and sometimes it's a little unwarranted that, that there are. Yes, there are players that can commute from Auckland and people say, what about the locals? But I, I look at it this way. The challenge to the locals is to embrace that. And if somebody is, is you know what, if somebody's doing a two-hour or four-hour round trip from Auckland to come up and train, that should be the challenge to the locals who only live five minutes away from the ground to actually get to the training. And I think a really cool story is probably somebody like Sean McCulley if you probably were at full strength, probably Sean may not have been starting in that final, if, I, if I'm correct, Marley. But it was great to see yep. somebody like Sean, who's been around the club, um, also your halfback, Abraham, who's been around the club for a while. Guys like that, who are stalwarts of the club, they've obviously embraced the guys that have come to the club. And I thought, I saw some of the stuff on Facebook and I thought, man, some people need to pull pull their head in. Uh, as we know, Waipu's had that Fijian community there for a while and those boys have stuck with the club. They could have walked away from the club, but they've actually hung in there. And boy, I bet you the locals are as proud uh, are as proud as those boys are as they, as they are the local boys, Marley. Yeah, they are. They, the, if you notice the, uh, the warm-up sh uh, shirts that we had this year have a Fijian pattern on it. Uh, as well as a Scottish pattern, uh, and that was a bit of a tribute to to the boys that have come over because they they're not only moved, they're not from Auckland, they're from a, a different country. So they've give, they've sacrificed a lot um, to give something to a community that for 140 years weren't able to do. So I think it, it, it's, it's just an acknowledgement of of that, and the community has really um, got on board with that and. Yeah, I think for the for the local boys, if you if you if you fight against it, you, it doesn't make you a better person. And so I think for guys like Sean and, and Sam and uh, and Ben, the ones that embrace it, uh, and Jason as well, it makes them a better player. And once you realise that, you know, everyone wants to start, and everyone wants to everyone wants things to come easy. But once they realise that things that come easy aren't always what they're made out to be and so when you work for something and you work and you work and you chip away that makes it worthwhile um and i think that's what they've realized and and having those boys having having a not just those boys having boys 
want to come to Waipu, want to play for the club. Um, that's what what makes it so special, I think. And and it's not just guys coming straight from Auckland. There's a few boys in the team that have come from Auckland and they've gone to other clubs, played a year there, and then come out to Waipu. So it speaks volumes for the the club culture. Um, and it's not just a, it's it's not just somewhere that you know everyone thinks oh they've got they've got money and and they're just buying players from Auckland and all that kind of carry on talk. You know, we all we all hear it, but they have to drive past three or four clubs to get to our club if they're coming from Auckland. So why don't they play for them? Because that's a closer drive. Let's, um, let's go. Unless we're talking about Ponsonby or someone like that, clubs don't have money to buy players. Right? At yeah. the end of the day, it's, it's, it's the culture that brings them in. The other point here is, folks, if you rely on local players, an awful lot of clubs just will not be able to put out a premiership team. Or put out a team at all. Um, um, a couple of so a couple of examples here. Uh, how Tapu uh, um, Premiership final Premiership winners back to back years uh, down here in Waikato. They had a Dutch international playing for them um, this weekend. Head over to um, Tyra um, in the Thames Valley. I mean, we're talking here not Mighty Ten Cup province. We're talking a, 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 um, a Heartland Championship province. Tyra cannot field a premiership team unless they have overseas players. Last year, they had 12 overseas players. Okay. What do they do? They get guys coming over here from Argentina, USA, uh, England, Scotland, um, I'm trying where else they had, but a whole bunch of guys. They're over, they're, they're not um, professional players. They come over here, they pick kiwi fruits or work in the butchers to earn a living. They don't get paid to play. They get put up, they get some accommodation and uh, help with accommodation. Um, uh, and they're here on a one or two, one one year kind of visas, and they're here for the lifestyle to play a bit of rugby, have some fun. But this year, because the borders are closed, Tyra can't ha- didn't have a premiership team; they only had a reserve team. Um, so, guys, so people who are complaining about over, about some sort of non-local players, especially folks, you're not going to have a team if, if you just rely on local players nowadays. No, crazy um, thing, crazy sorry, thing about. <laughs> Crazy, crazy thing about it, Paul. I think every club, at some stage in Northland Premier Rugby, has had players commute from from Auckland. So it's to me, it's a to me, it's a very, very crazy crazy argument, if you know what I mean. I, listen, I, I must mention um, Mid Northern's contribution as well because I, I know I know talking to a couple of uh, uh, people from their club on the weekend, they are a young team, and. Um, if they're able to hold on to that side, and I'm sure they will, boy, they're going to be a tough side to beat in the future, aren't they, Marley? Oh, they well, they 100% be a very difficult side. If they can bring 95% of their squad back next year, um, just even playing in a final, I was speaking to the coach after the game, and, and he said that a few of those boys, it's their first final. Uh, if, you, if you play, if you sort of play school or club rugby up here, and you're not in one of the one of the, the main um, Age grade school or or club, you're not actually going to get any final experience. And uh, I wasn't aware, but uh, they weren't they didn't feature at all uh, last year in the top top four. Um, so to, to be a finalist this year from where they were last year just shows the amount of work that they must have put in on the off season um, and throughout the year. And and if they can hold that young team together, uh, especially with Jordan. Uh, as well, being skipper, you've got to have some leadership. Um, if they can hold that squad together, yeah, they'll be very dangerous in the years to come. 
yeah, congratulations to to Corey Anderson and of course to Jordan Highland, uh, Jordan Highland, Jordan Olson uh, with that, uh, yeah, with that particular uh, young. Yeah, um, yeah, no, no, no. Well, Graham Jews made the same same faux pas on the weekend, so I've got it living rent free in my my head. No, I don't think Jordan Highland will be moving into Hooker anytime soon. But yeah, Jordan he's Olson, big he's big enough though. He could probably move to loose. He could move into loose forward. So, listen, best of luck to to uh, to Mid Northern and uh, and their club up there in Hukaranui. I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll be a dangerous team to watch in the future. And um, Paul, if you've got any other last minute thoughts, one more question. One more thing. Okay, we've been talking about um, rugby experiences from a fan point of view. So, bucket heads um, about. Um, uh, about possum um, for, 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 for Waikato and about the, the zoo. But Marley, you guys, you have the bagpipes. I loved it. Absolutely. Having a bit of something a bit different, a bit of, of, of something that's unique to, or not unique. To, I mean, obviously there's bagpipes elsewhere in the world, but something that's yeah. special to your, to your club. Um, it's great having that, uh, a bit of, a bit of pageantry, a bit of some, some, something that your, your, your fans can get around. Yeah. It was, it's, it's actually, it's, it's a, uh... Way more uplifting than I would think it would be having the bagpipes playing. Um, myself, I'm, I'm half Scottish, so um, with the first time I ran out and I heard the bagpipes, I thought that's it was so uplifting. Um, and then every time we get a, a get some points, get a, a try or a penalty or whatever, they, they start playing again, and it's it is it is really really cool. We the boys really enjoy it and they really get amongst it. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's so unexpected as well, and just the to run out to the bagpipes it really really get you really get you going so the quick question is obviously the camera work was a bit dodged and was um just on the pitch uh do you, do you have a bunch of um highland fling dancers on the sideline as well just as your cheerleading group yeah they come into the change rooms after <laughs> <laughs> put those two swords down and dance yeah. around um, <laughs> yeah Marley, it's been an absolute pleasure um having you on thank you so much for uh for coming along on for a chat um and um the uh yeah we've, we've run out of time folks so I, I know we had some questions in the chat there about uh the, about the the future of talent um in provincial in in northland um club rugby and how's that look for the province going forwards uh, and stuff like that maybe we'll get you back for um for another show or maybe we'll get we'll get maybe we'll get a recorded question we can play um play during it but thank you so much um for for, for joining us this evening um thank you Stephen. Um, obviously, the voice of Northern Rugby. I mean, the commentator of uh, of, of the final. Um, great to to have you back, folks. Um, look, uh, folks, please do like the page, the page, the page, the Facebook page. Please do share it around amongst your friends, family, and even enemies. You know what? Hey, inflict us on them too. And uh, we 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 want all the followers we can get. Uh, we're going to be trying to get out to. We're going to be talking to Auckland uh, and also North Harbour about what they're doing with their um, club rugby and maybe we'll be able to uh, help them with their finals as well. You never know. So folks, um, please do uh, stick around because we do love gra grassroots rugby here and we will be getting around the Mitre 10 Cup as well. So uh, enjoy your rugby um, and catch us next week at 8pm uh, on Monday evening. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.